Hey everyone, Bob and Audrey here. In a moment, we're going to join Dr. Jim for today's mm, Live Transformed podcast. But before we do, we have a quick announcement. Yes. We have spent the last few months preparing for a one-day live virtual event, and we want to invite you. Yes. This event will help you implement heart work into your everyday life. Yeah. It's taking place, mark the date, yeah. January 30th. I hope you can make it and join us mm-hmm. because this one day event includes two 50-page workbooks that we're going to send to your door. So registration covers two people. We've designed it for couples, but also individuals who want to participate with a friend or a family member. So use promo code PODCAST30 for a $30 discount and register at lovemarriedlife.com. We're calling the event Possibilities. With God, we have infinite possibilities. Yes. It's also designing your best life. You will participate with this, with this interactive event yeah. full of exercises mm-hmm. created to reveal your life story and help you map out this next year and yeah. set you up for the best 2021. Exactly. Because you know that only you can really write on and influence and mm-hmm. establish your heart and really map out that life story that you have. So this day is going to be like a huge gift to yourself and to your relationships. Good. You often hear us say, gathering knowledge isn't where breakthrough right, exactly. happens, but rather experiencing yes. and implementing the truth into your life. Now that's where breakthrough takes place. Yep. So it's going to be a day of implementing that practical application for your heart work into your story. So mark the date. Yes. Here it is. January 30th, a one day live virtual event designed for your best life. The promo code is podcast 30. Register today at lovemarriedlife.com and we will be shipping your supplies, your workbooks to you exactly. as soon as possible. We can't wait to see you guys. So now on to today's message with Dr. Jim Richards. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Live Transform episode Number 201. So glad you joined us. Hey, Jim. Hi. (laughs) Well, how doing? Nice. Hey, Nice seeing you today, man. Oh, episode number 200. (laughs) We did what we often do, and it's just kind of our buzzword, and that's lay a foundation. That's right. We've been laying a foundation. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I just tell you something that Bob Bob did today? I've got Uh to tell on Bob to Jim. Uh Uh-oh. I came back from a morning walk. And and, oh, I, and I said, hey, Bob, how are you doing? He goes, oh, my gosh, Audrey. I went for a swim in this 37-degree water or whatever, because he yeah. does every morning. He jumps in the pool. And um, and he said, and for some reason, I kept my eyes open underwater. For I, a, I swam across the pool. Swam across a length of the pool with his eyes open. He goes, and my eyeballs are freezing. <laughs> and I said, you freezed your eyeballs off. <laughs> Well, well, see, that wouldn't be the, the, my question, because y'all know I'm, I'm sick and twisted, but my question would be, did you pee in that pool before you opened your eyes? <laughs> is it all right? No. Is it all right to discuss bodily functions on yeah. here? I don't, maybe, maybe, David, maybe you need to edit that out. I, I, I never pee in my pool. Okay. No, no. Not he, pool, he pees in other people's pools, but not <laughs> well, his own. <laughs> That's where he draws the line. Yeah. So anyway, who now Bob? I like, I like my morning polar bear. He loves bear to wake plunge. up with his polar bear plunge, yep. and then you're awake. Like that's probably really good for you. 
Well, that's what they say. Yeah. But I can be cold for a long time afterwards. <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah. And I just had never heard the eyeballs being cold. No, before. I haven't I've done never that had before, that and sensation. I don't think I'll do it again. But I was, you know, trying to, you know, swim as fast as I could. So you kept your eyes open. I, for some reason, I did today. <laughs> Anyway. So there, that's some fun facts for you. Was, now that's going to change people's anybody. lives yeah, right this there. Yeah, that, that information is going to change your FYI, life. FYI, if you jump in cold water, keep your eyes closed. There you go. Yep. In okay. case you ever need to know that. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved last week's episode. Let's just bridge, segue this over. Um, because it's actually live, getting getting all of this to work in our life. Mm-hmm. That's what we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like we're passionate about when you turn off the podcast, then what happens with yeah. you and Jesus and yep. what you're doing to apply this to your life and mm-hmm. how it expresses itself in you. Like you guys, you have an expression of God in your life that I don't have and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have. It's yours. Mm-hmm. And really encouraging people, you, know, you, you make the journey. Yes. But also yeah. to live from that place of peace mm-hmm. yeah. and not panic. And, not panic. Mm-hmm. and well, that doesn't I, mean that circumstances yeah. around you, you know, are, are all peaceful. But no, you but are. I get to be me, yeah. you see, and I, I, can, I can live from that And, and if, if heart means home, then I'm living in my yeah. home and that's in my yeah. heart. Well, when you know, you think about all the times that Jesus said, "If you abide in me, this is what's going to oh, happen." Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, abiding is, is like being it. at home. It's, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's like it's like being abiding. present and yeah. and, and yep. you know and and living in that place. Yeah, and so, then it becomes very natural. It does yes. become yep. effortless. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, the the bearing of of fruit. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you know, uh, the fruit tells us. If what we believe is true, mm. right, the fruit doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we, you know, we started out last week talk, talking about how that you know that that if if faith does not produce works, mm-hmm. yes. then uh, then it's dead faith, and and mm-hmm. works, good works, are fruit. Yes, they are. And so and so intention, uh, you know, when we're when we're approaching the Word of God, intention. Uh, has to be present, and intention is deeply connected to what's the fruit. In other words, what are you going to do? How is this going to work out in your life? How are you going to put this into practice? How is this going to change? Yeah, how is this going to grow and multiply yeah. in my in my everyday life? And you know, it, it, because faith has been reduced to getting stuff from God, mm-hmm. not about becoming. Uh, who you really are in Jesus, then then there there's very little. I very, I very seldom ever hear anybody talk about faith from a perspective that says, you know, I am believing God. You know, they might say I'm believing God to you know for money for for to make more money, mm-hmm. but very seldom you ever hear anybody say, you know, I'm believing God to to have to have witty ideas. I'm believing God to be, you know, the the initiator. I'm believing God to be the person that that brings resources and wealth and mm. you know, you know, and success to other people. I'm believing God to be to be capable of living a more generous life. You you almost never hear people talk about faith in connection to putting on the new man, who who they are becoming in mm-hmm. in Jesus, and we pray for so much success. <clears throat> we pray for this, but what about I? I want a life that works for me. Is saying, am I living naturally in the fruit of the Holy Spirit? I mean, 
that is the fruit. Is am I naturally living yeah. in peace and joy and patience? Yeah. The the other element that I do want to throw in here, and I think that it's uh, really important, is that <clears throat> this the life that we have here in 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 the now, yeah. here on earth. This is just the launching pad. Yep. Mm. And so we we have a heavenly mindset. Yes. We have an, an an eternal, you know, mindset, you know, that it's not just about the here and now. And so I think a lot of people can even uh become uh disoriented sometimes mm. because in this world we're having trial, we're having tribulation. I mean it it, it's, <coughs> it is challenging. But again, what's what's going on on the outside doesn't always, don't allow it to define or yep. limit you for for the life that you experience yep. in Him. So you know, last week we you know we were when we were talking about you know overlapping truth and mm-hmm. multidimensional yes uh, yeah. uh, reality. You know, we we start talking about you know the word grace, the word uh, power. you know which uh, and then the word dunamis yes. for power. Yes. And then we start talking about the the exchange or the reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And you know at, at the core I, I was thinking I was thinking about this just a few minutes ago before we started. I was sitting there thinking it's like it's like a uh when I when I'm, when I'm sharing about you know, writing something on our heart, or, or those kinds of things, <clears throat> uh, or having faith for something, or developing, you know, developing my heart about something. I, I really n- never do that from the perspective of trying to get something. You know, it's like like if if I were facing a big health challenge, I you know I, I which I have faced a lot of health challenges. There's a lot of them lately. But uh, in facing a big health challenge, if I when I try to make my co- communing with the Lord about dealing with this health challenge, it's like I just totally lose interest in that. It, it, that has no absolutely no appeal hmm. or no interest to me, hmm. uh, because I, you know because I am not interested in getting healing. Right. I am interested in a person who can walk in the life of God. Just like I'm not really interested in getting money, I am interested in being yes. a person who can be a generous resource yeah, exactly. to the world. Exactly, and feel the joy and peace that yeah. comes with that. Yes. And so, you know, where, where we're going with this stuff that we started last week is is everything everything that we're teaching you, particularly if it's, if it's about your heart, you, know, you have to realize the moment you start talking about the heart, you are not talking about a formula for getting to where you can believe the right thing to get something because the heart is about identity. It is about who you are. And so if you're riding on your heart just to, you know, become more prosperous, then the real truth is I don't even know that I don't even know that's possible. Hmm, interesting. But if you're riding on your heart to be a prosperous person, a generous person, a, a resourceful person, then, then, then this is about identity. You know what? I've never. I know you've said that in a hundred different ways throughout our 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 journey together, but you've never said it in those words, and that really hits home. Don't believe something just to get because we talk so much of the beliefs of our heart, and so people could easily turn that into a formula. Okay, so if I believe something, I'll get something. Yeah. And it's like no, right on your heart to be established in who you are, yeah. in your identity of of your relationship with God, and and how relational this yeah. is. 
I mean, something in the law of the seed, which is yeah. the which is the governing law of all things that happen in this dimension in the yeah. created world. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in the law of the seed, see, we try to use our faith to start with. We, we try to start from the place of be, just believing for fruit. Yeah, but we're not believing for the condition of our heart. We're not believing for who we are in Jesus. So, so really, we're not, even, we're not even preparing our heart in such a way that we can plant the seed in it right? and just let it produce the fruit effortlessly. Right. We're not preparing the soil, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, uh, so so I, I want to jump in here, okay. Jim, because, Come on. because um, we also then attach to that to the promises, so these mm-hmm. are the promises of God, mm-hmm. and so that is my inheritance in Jesus. So then yep. I want to get that to work in my life. Right, right, Okay, right. so I'm, I'm actually wanting to create this, you know, in this dimension that I am living in. Mm-hmm. I want that to become sure. my reality. Sure. Uh, so that's that's one of it, and, and, and I think for many, especially when it comes to that place of healing, yeah. you know, I, I want to live. I don't want to die. You right. know, so so there's there's nothing wrong with wanting mm-hmm. those things. Uh huh. But when you want to skip over the primary aspect of what makes that happen, in particular, what makes it happen effortlessly, and you try to jump straight to the fruit. For for example, when you think about the, when you think about the promises of God, there are two things that come to my mind that if you skip over these two things. It just never it never worked out the way right. you would expect it to be. Yeah. These two things are number one, believing that I'm an heir. Comes yeah. back to identity. Yeah. I am an heir. Do I see mm-hmm. myself as an heir? In other words, is my connection to the promise that I'm a child of God and that I, that I have this covenant with God? Yes. I have become an heir. But then the second part is that all that happens in Jesus. So am I connecting any of this to and am I making any of this about the fact that this is who I am and I am this because I am in Christ? And so, you know, the thing is, you can take care of those two components. And the real truth is the fruit's going to grow effortlessly. But you can try and try and try and try and try to to believe for the fruit. But, you know, if, if the soil of the heart is not prepared, uh, it doesn't matter what seed you plant in it. It's going to get choked out. It's going to it's going to get crushed. It's going to get killed. You know, it's going to it's not going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So so and, identity it, always gets back to the heart. Yes. Uh-huh. But then again, if I'm if I'm looking for that particular fruit, if I'm looking, you know, if my faith is attached to this desired outcome and I'm not seeing it, okay? Now I, what I want to, you know, help our listeners to bridge over is all of a sudden I can fall into really working hard. And yeah. now now I'm, I'm going to, you know, like... Get into that will. Get that will. will going yeah. and, you know, because this is what I, I really, really want. This is what I really want to see and... And I know that for many, they, they kind of get caught in that yep. chasm of, of struggling. Yep. When do I stop or when yep. do I start? Or how do I stop right. trusting yeah. my own will? You know, um, in heading toward that, that answer, one of the pro- you know, the way the mind and the heart works 
it, do, it does work around purpose. Your mind and your heart work around purpose and intention. Mm. So now one of the problems is I don't know many people that really, I mean, I know some. Uh, now, once I don't know many people, i got to realize I, I know thousands and thousands of people that I've talked to over the years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's I've, I've talked to a lot of people that, that are making the journey in a healthy way. But by and large, the way we approach God is that we come to God in crises. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we know is whatever motivates a decision or an action, when those circumstances have changed, then the motivation mm. to continue in that action goes away. Hmm. It's like foxhole religion. You know, you're sur- you know, you're surrounded. You're in the army, and you're you're out in a foxhole, and you're surrounded by people that are shooting at you, firing mortars at you. And you're like, oh God, if you get me out of this alive, I'm gonna I'm, man, I'm gonna serve you the rest of my life. Yeah. And so that's your your motivation is not to become a a, a better person. Your motivation is to get out of a crisis. So this is where we get into a codependent relationship with Mm -hmm. God, Mm -hmm. where we are really relying on him to always deliver us from certain bad circumstances that we get into from bad choices. But anyhow, so so you get out of the fox. Yeah, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years that said, yeah, you know, I did that when I was in Vietnam or I did that, you know, when I was in the Korean War or whatever. And they say, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, it lasted a few days, and then I was right back to my same old stuff. Well, why? Because your reason, your motivation for making that decision was the crisis. So now you stop and think about it. The, most people, most believers, live from crises to crises. Mm. So it's very rare that people get enough normalcy or enough peace or enough stability in their life that they begin to seek God just for the for the relationship hmm. to grow as a person to develop themselves because you know when you're in a crisis you you're not even, you're not thinking about developing you're just thinking about man I gotta get some relief I gotta yeah. get out of this right. trouble that I'm right. in right right and so your your motivation becomes a very carnal, very temporary motivation, and you may even get out of it. I mean, you know what I mean? You know, you know. However, that works. You may get out of it, but the problem is, once you are out of that, there is no motivation. See, there's no motivation for the person who believes I'm going to live like a fool. When I get in trouble, I'm going to get God to deliver me. There's no motivation in that person's life. There's no reason to live a godly life. There's no reason to control yourself. There's no reason to spend money wisely or, you know, whatever your, the thing is that keeps getting you in trouble because, you know, your, your, your codependent concept of God is that when I have a need, I will go to him and I will get him to meet a need that really I should have been taken care of all along by connecting to him, mm-hmm. by becoming the person, you know, that I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes I almost, almost, I'm not sure if I even want to say what I'm about to say, but there has to become a place in life where walking with God and having the kind of life you want is about your character and what kind of person you are because of what you're allowing God to do in your life. Yeah. 
And that may mean that right now, yeah, you might have that pressure going on in your life, that struggle going on in your life, but you know what? Uh, that getting that individual need met mm -hmm. may not really be as important as you think it is. Oh, exactly. Maybe learning how to be at peace in that. Maybe yeah. maybe developing the character that, sa that says, you know what, I will walk out of this. You know, I... I would rather walk out of any situation than to than to come out by a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Because that walk because is then a that journey. walking, you've learned, you've been developing, yeah. you've been, and now you have authority. Now, next time anything close to that happens, you have the skill, you have the wisdom, you have perseverance, you have all these things to walk through. If anything like that were to happen again, you don't. Not that you don't want to not depend on a miracle, but you don't because you have the character and you know who you are to yeah. sustain that next step. So, so uh, we want to make this journey, and, and also, you know, you can't trust yourself much when you're in crisis. No. And so it's really, you know, you're under pressure. You got fear. You got stress. So it's really even hard to know. You know, uh, am I just relying on sheer willpower here and? Mm -hmm. And trying to bless it with the word of God and the name of God, or am I actually really, am I actually really discovering how to walk through this thing, connected to God? Mm. And you know, all of that gets down to what, what what do you really want? I mean, do you just want God to be the guy that gets you out of trouble? Right. When you get in trouble, is that what you want? Mm -hmm. uh, because if that's what you want. If that's what motivates you, then you'll you'll never rise above that. So for us in our, in our situation, in our day to day, we get that from couples. I'm willing to develop my heart. I'm willing to do everything it takes to get my spouse back or to yeah. get my marriage back. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can't control the outcome. Just mm -hmm. last night I was, uh, coaching a lady, um, a wife. She's not sure, if, sure. Her husband wants to stay in this marriage. I said, you know, and she goes, why do I feel so sad? And I said, I think you have an unhealthy attachment to controlling the outcome. Yeah. And so that's keeping you heavy because you, you, you have to have a certain outcome for, for you to yeah. be victorious. And that's an unhealthy attachment. Yeah. You know, when you let go of that, then you can start to walk in freedom and make, you know, making this all about your heart mm. journey. And, um, and it's not easy or fun to yeah. say that. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty self-centered to come to God and say, okay, Jesus died. He, he took my sin. He cured all this. You've already expressed your love for me. But I just want you to know, I'm only going to love you back. And I'm only going to walk with you. Yeah. And we're only going to be friends if yeah. you give me what I want. Yes. That's pretty, that's pretty corrupt. Yeah. But how many you know, people <clears throat> down deep in the bedrock of their beliefs actually have yeah. that? We'll be friends if you give me what I want. So, you know... If you can't, if you won't apply these things in good times, yeah, then you're never going to apply them, and, and or you're rarely going to apply right. them in, in bad times. Uh, so you've got to decide: Do I want to have a way of life that is how I live, no matter what's going on around me, or am I just going to have a a circumstantial Christianity? that only kicks into, into a certain mode when I'm in trouble and when I, when I need, you know, to be delivered. So, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about, 
communing with the Lord, mm -hmm. fellowshipping with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Our, that, that's a good place to start yes. before we even get into these individual factors that we that have to be present if, and, and that determine if we're making a decision that's based on our power or based on the power of God. Okay. But before we get to the decision part of it, because again, that, you know, a lot of these decisions are made in crisis. If you don't have this yes. as a root, then you can never trust yourself when you're trying to make these other decisions. Mm -hmm. Y'all got? Yeah, I've got that look on my mind. No, 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 I, I, I'm we're processing. All, I think everyone is is feeling it no. because they are at the place, they're at the threshold of crisis. Yeah. You see, they're at that place where. No, I have to make this decision. You know, and they're feeling the, the pressure behind that. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, what we're asking, you know, you to do as a listener, what is the precursor to this? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, because I, I, you know, so often you, you just want that black and white, yeah. you know, that yes or no, you know, go here, go there. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, okay, let's just, before we get there, you know, what what leads to no. you being able to make that decision? No. And, and, and my blank look was, yeah. like you saw my blank look. <laughs> Jim knows me so well. He knows when I'm having a blank look. My blank look was going deeper with, we're going to be friends if you give me what I want yeah. and just applying that to life <clears throat> mm. in, in my own, you know, when we're experiencing, and I have this year experienced some loss that was pretty heavy that it's, it's personal, but some personal loss. Um, and it doesn't make sense. So what do we do when there's loss that doesn't make sense? Will you trust God mm. that he actually does know more than you do? Yeah. You yeah. know, well, you know, remember now, God doesn't speak to you in your in your mind. Right. God speaks to you in your heart. Mm -hmm. And then based on the beliefs of your heart, you actually translate that into words. And, and in, you mm -hmm. know, intuition or impressions are translated into words, mm -hmm. but a whole lot of that translation process is based on what we believe. Exactly. There's such a filter there. There's such a yeah. huge filter. I get a lot of people get really mad at me. Oh, no, I, you don't know what you're talking about. I hear God's voice. I, well, you know, mm, you, you might need to kind of go back and read your Bible again and look at all the heart verses. God speaks to you in your heart. And we translate it yes we put it in words based on our life experience. this is why this i talked so much about words last week is because i want to be where i don't even have to put it in words right. i want to be where i have a an intuitive sense about something mm -hmm. and, and and i never have to define it by words i can just say, okay i i you know here here I, i'm just following yes. this and, yes. and really then peace See, that's where peace starts ruling your heart. Really, yes. peace is not ruling your heart yes. as long as, you, as when you have to put things in words every time. Then yeah. your definition is ruling in your heart. Right, right, right. So, so yeah. I'm hearing if, you right now. I am yeah. really. There's this beautiful flow of intuition where it doesn't even have to be in, in almost in your conscious. It's just naturally yeah. you're just following this path, and it yeah. doesn't even have to be evaluated. You don't have to overthink it. It's just there. You know, I find myself so many times ha making 
incredibly healthy, powerful decisions. At the time I'm making them, I don't even realize they're significant. Right. And, you know, I, I would just love to take credit for, you know, or in a, not really, I wouldn't, I don't care now, but you know, when I was young, I would love to take credit for a lot of the way things have worked out in my life, but, but, I, but I really, really can't. You know, throughout my life, I will get a sense about making a decision or, you know, yeah. moving in a particular direction. Now, what's interesting is my entire ministry life, every time it's been time for a transition, every time the economy was changing, anything was going on, I would usually be positioned years before it would happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not because I was, not because I actually even understood why God was leading me to do something. And it was you know, started when, with one little teeny tiny decision. Oh, and it was an idea. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is a decision I'm going to make. Uh, I, just, I just had the sense of, yeah. this, is, this is what I need to be doing. Don't know yeah. why, you know, and just move in a direction. And then a year or two later, you know, when everybody else was falling apart financially, we would be growing and expanding. I'm like, man, that was a good decision, but I had no idea when I was making it, you know, why it was significant. Mm -hmm. So, so, I, you know, and I don't want to use my overuse myself and my experience. My experience. I'm just trying to share kind of out of my experiences this realization that I don't. We don't need to. There's a lot of things we don't need to know. There's a lot of things we don't need to define. All we got to sense and recognize is this, is this is kind of where I have the sense of going. But now remember, there is a gateway between your, between your brain and your heart. And one of the things that we know is that gateway closes when you get into fear or extreme stress. So what that means is God could be saying something in your heart and you might even have the realization is it his or you might not have any because you, you get into what's called a hard heart where you just can't even perceive that God is even speaking to you and you think he's leaving you alone. You think he's not even trying to help you when really he is. But when that gateway is closed between the heart and the brain and, and you know, a, a heart math institute has done research on this. Other groups have done research on this. Then, then the thing is, you can't hear what God is saying right now. Hmm. And so, so what we do then is we revert back to a pastime that God has helped us. And so, so we go back and, and pull out some decision that he led us to make years ago or whatever. And we try to make that apply to our situation now. And that's where, that's where we end up making these devastating decisions mm. and then thinking that, you know, that God let us down or that, or that, you know, we, we, or that God was leading us and we followed him and it, and it, and it came out of mess. Hmm. You know, um, and I've gone through this a couple of times financially, and I've told this story in here before, but I kind of want to preference where we're going with this story. You know, when we built our first building here in Huntsville, and I've built other buildings before, but when we built our first building in Huntsville, back in those days in the, in the U.S., churches, the great majority of churches always got their, their, uh, their funding for buildings from um, um, what they called savings and loans. And, uh, and so, and these savings and loans uh, they just had a different criteria than banks had. And so they were really a great place for churches to work. Mm -hmm. So we got a, you know, we got a construction, we, we bought our property and then we got a construction loan to build our building. 
And so, as I've said many times, you know, we were starting a new church, so really the church didn't have any credit. So I, I basically did all this on a signature loan, but I mortgaged all my property mm-hmm. against it. Mm-hmm. And so we got we we got up to where we owed, you know, where we were owing like about four hundred and twenty thousand, I think it was. Well, the uh, 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 we had a, a, a crash in the economy, mm-hmm. and and what happened was. This is when the savings and loans went out of business in America. Mm. And I tell you, churches all across America were in trouble, trouble. because they were, in, they were in the middle of building programs and suddenly they couldn't get any more money. Well, that's the way we were. So, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a real estate property loan, which was the money we owed for the property in my house, in my home, in my property. But then we had a construction loan, you know, which was the money we were borrowing to build the building. Now, we didn't have the building far enough along that we could use it, so we were making interest, big interest payments for a little, little tiny church every month on that, on that construction money. So savings and loans crash. So then uh, our construction lender came after us and said, y'all got to pay me. And it's like, well, we, we can't pay you unless we can get a long-term loan. And he said, "Well, you better get a long-term loan because I'm for, I'm foreclosing on you if you don't." That's what, and that's what happened. Churches everywhere lost lost their property. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, I'd go to a bank, and the bank said, "You guys got great credit. Everything's good. You know, your finances are good." And 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 they would say, "So if you come back and and you have a contract for for your construction loan so that you can finish this project, then we'll give you a long-term loan." And so then then I go talk to people. With construction loans, and they'd say, uh, "When you get your long-term loan, we'd be glad to loan you." <laughs> so, each, so each of them were waiting for the other one to do something, and yeah. you, you were stuck. And so, so it turned out then that that the last group of contractors that had done work, you know, when I went to get the the uh, the construction loan, which which my lender had committed to, I couldn't get the money. He wouldn't he wouldn't give me the money until I could get a long-term loan. And so, so then I had. Man, an air conditioner company, people I really liked and really, I mean, great people. Uh, and they were a small business. And, and so, you know, we owed them a few hundred thousand dollars and we couldn't pay them. And so these guys were losing their business. I mean, it was hurting their families. You know, we had people who did tile, you know, flooring. Uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't pay them. And so we had a bunch of people that we absolutely could not pay. And I'm telling you, down here in Alabama, you got a bunch of redneck contractors that are about to lose their their homes and and you can't pay them it, it gets pretty dicey and so it was getting to where i would get up in the morning and, and try to go to the building and work i'd have i can't tell you how many mornings there'd be some contractor out there threatening me physically threatening me and just saying you gonna pay me i'm gonna beat you blank blank blank, blank. Uh, you know and of course every now and then i'd get kind of jacked up and i'm like i ain't been a preacher all my life you bring your old stupid self up and up here let's do this you know and then i'd kind of have to repent and uh, so, man, it was it was man, it was conflict. I was pressure. I mean, you know, when you got people that you like that you're doing business with, and they're threatening to physical violence and to sue you. And actually, many of them did. Many of them filed liens against you know against us. Uh, what they call you know construction liens against us. So, uh, man, this was driving me crazy because I didn't do any of this. I made some. Not wise moves, but I didn't do anything dishonestly. I didn't get to any of these places dishonestly. And so, um, so finally, you know, the Lord just spoke to me one day and he said, do not make 
any decision about anything until you're at peace. Don't even go to work till you're at peace. Hmm. And so at, at the time, I, I had our grand piano downstairs, set up downstairs between the living room and the dining room. And so I would get up in the morning, I would take me a shower, I'd spend some time praying. And then I would go down there and just sit down there and start worshiping. And some days I would worship 10 minutes and suddenly, man, it was, it was just like everything in me would turn to peace. Mm-hmm. And when it did, I'd get up and go to work and I'd deal with, talk to people, answer questions, you know, whatever. I, but I didn't make any bad decisions. Some, there would be some days I'd do that for hours before I would get to the place of peace. And so, <clears throat> so the, the, the point of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to package this into what I was talking about the point, point of this was I, I had to learn how to abide in peace, whether anything was working, whether anything wasn't working, whether people were filing lawsuits against me, not filing lawsuits against me, whether people were threatening physical violence. Against, I mean, you know, whether I was losing friends, not losing friends, I, I just I knew that if I was not at a place of peace, I would, you know, because I've been in business my whole life, so I would just start making what I thought were shrewd business decisions. And in the end, a lot of those would blow up in my face. And, and I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted what happened. I, I wanted a couple of things to happen. Number one, I wanted to follow God out of this, through this thing. Mm-hmm. So that at the end of it, it was, there wasn't a bunch of chaos and there wasn't a bunch of conflict. But also, uh, I wanted something to change in me where, uh, where I didn't take on that kind of pressure when we were fighting, you know, financial battles. It's a good thing I worked at Sue because, you know, over the years, you know, I would have multi-million dollar types of financial battles that I would be fighting and uh, stay at peace all the way through it and, you know, and and make good decisions. But you got to remember, when you are not in peace, you will more than likely make bad decisions. Yes. You will make, yes. you'll make crises yes. decisions. Yeah. And, and in those crises decisions, you will actually make decisions that you are doing the best you can, but they, as often as not, could make situations worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to be in peace. Yes. I want peace to be my natural internal habitat. Yes. I want peace yes. to be my natural internal environment. Yes. But now, in peace... <clears throat> And we, we, again, we've talked about some of this stuff in the past. In the Old Covenant, the peace offering was really the most celebrated of all the offerings. Hmm. And so, you know, we have made everything about the offerings legalistic. There wasn't a legalistic thing about it. Mm-hmm. The, the offerings, see, one of the things that, that God has taught us continuously is that when we give... It bonds us and connects us to the person or the cause to which we give. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, parents, as I've said so many times, parents, they will, they will think if they'll just give more and more and more to their teenage kids, that, that those kids will come to love them and appreciate them. Well, that's, that's really not true because the Bible warns against giving to people in a way that destroys their own personal faith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what happens when parents keep giving more and more and more to their to their teenage kids, then one day they got a 45-year-old living in their basement that doesn't have a job that plays video games all day. Right. Because what happened was the parent bonded 
to the child. The child didn't bond to the parent. It is giving that makes you bond to someone. It is not necessarily oh, receiving. Interesting. That's a, I mean, that is a very clear uh, a biblical concept. So giving is what bonds you. Yeah. This is why a parent, if you want your kids to bond to you and to love you, Make them take on responsibility. Make them mm. make them work. Make them contribute to the well-being of the household. Make them carry carry a load. And when they do, they will bond to you. Now they may get mm-hmm. you know if they're if they're you know if they're self-centered kids, they may get mad about it for a while. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is the cure. This is the biblical cure mm-hmm. to get get people out of self-centeredness. Move them to a place where they give. And with, with kids, we're supposed to teach them. So anyhow, so. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we've got that whole we've got that whole thing reversed, and uh, at, because when God delivers us, we don't necessarily get more committed to Him. You know, the the whining, pathetic, moaning cry of most pastors is the people I did the most for mm. are the ones that just turned on me, that just walk, you know, that that didn't stay. Well, that's because uh, you were not bonding them to you, to the church or to God because you thought doing things for them, you know, would get them committed. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, so if I want to, if I want to, and so, so if I, in the Old Testament, if, let's say that uh, I just didn't feel connected to God. You know, sometimes I might have done something wrong, so I might bring a trespass offering of some kind. But let's just say, just, so they had what they call a draw near offering. Had, you know, you ain't done anything wrong to you know of, but for some reason, you just feel distant to God. So what would reconnect me to God is not God doing something for me. It's me doing something for God or doing something wow. toward God. Now, see, that's just the opposite of huh. what is taught in modern Christianity. Yes. Come down here and get a blessing. You know, I'm a, I got the anointing. I'm going to get you a blessing. Mm-hmm. And, man, I'm telling you what, you're going to fall in love with God and, and your connection with God. going to say, no, probably not. Probably not. It's just going to be, oh, so anytime I get in trouble, I'll just run down here and get a blessing and, you know, run off and do something else. So <clears throat> people who serve become more committed. They become more whole. They become more f- fulfilled. So that's what the sacrifices, all of the sacrifices was bring something of value because when you bring something of value, you are you are actually, whatever the value of it is, whether it's a bull, whether it's a lamb, whether it's a, a dove, you are placing a value, how mm. valuable it is to you to reconnect to God. And see, this gets into the whole concept of the fear of God. Because the fear of God is not being afraid God's going to hurt you. It's going to be where you value this more than anything else. And the thing that you would fear the most would be disconnected from God. Mm-hmm. And so and so, so you're coming and saying, I am placing value. And even that word fear mm-hmm. gets into an awe, a respect wow. that leads to value and worship. That's what yes. it means in the Hebrew. So you come, you bring this offering. And you're not bringing this offering because if I bring this offering, God will come back to me. No. You're saying, if I bring this offering and engage my heart, I will come back to God. I will reconnect because he's promised he's never going to leave me. He's never going to fail me. Mm-hmm. He's never going to forsake me. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so if I'm not feeling God's love and God's presence, it's me. Yeah. It's never, yeah. It's never him. Right, right. So they bring a gift and, and, you know, man, just, and they're doing it in faith. They're not doing it in legalism. 
And so something happens inside. Suddenly, that connection comes back alive. So then, and sometimes they would bring like their, their draw near offering and their peace offering at the same time, or their mm -hmm. sin offering and their peace offering at the same time. But many times it would be two separate offerings. Now, so then the peace offering was not an offering that said, I am trying to get to the place of, of being at peace with God. The peace offering was a celebration mm. of, of feeling peace and connection with God. Mm. But the peace offering, the word shalom, which is just like its Greek word in the New Testament, that word means tranquility, but it also means healing, prosperity, blessing. I mean, basically, it, it, it is a word that describes these benefits that we have in God. So the peace offering was a celebration because what that person is saying, I do recognize this reconnection with God. I do recognize, you know, that I, that, you know, that I am experiencing God's love. But even more than that, more importantly than that was, if you are truly at peace with God, and we're going to get into what this means in the new covenant concept of communing with Christ or mm -hmm. fellowship in Christ, mm -hmm. Coming back into that intimacy also brings the realization that all if I have if if I have that sense of connection to God, then I also have the sense of all of His resources are available to me. Mm. And so the peace offering, it wasn't just a celebration of okay, God's not mad at me. It was a celebration of healing's mine, prosperity's mine, everything God's got is mine. I don't have to worry about anything. My, my tranquil state of mind is based on the fact that all my needs are met in Him. It just brings such, what you've just um, communicated is it brings such an extreme value to peace because peace really becomes that that <clears throat> home, as we say, that abiding where literally all the resources right. are in this home. Like when I live in the home that's abiding in peace, everything's there. Yeah. There is absolutely everything I need is there. Well, there is a kicker to this. Tell me the kicker. There is a catch. Tell me the kicker. Tell me the catch. The catch is this. A person can only enjoy the peace of God to the experience that in their heart uh, they're, they're experiencing the righteousness of God. Ah. See, we, we want peace without righteousness. Right, but it doesn't work. Never works. No. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been made righteous by faith, we have peace with God. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say that by faith, we experience the grace of God and we stand in the mm -hmm. grace of God. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it goes into that whole process of, of experiencing strength, of experiencing yes. resources, experiencing all yes. that God is. Because in righteousness, you're harmonizing with God. This is not, you know, we got the gift of righteousness, which sure. is the ultimate qualification. Yeah. But the question is, what are you experiencing? Yeah. Are you living a life that makes it impossible for you to internally realize and experience harmony with God? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're cruel, if you're unkind, if you're hateful, if you're mean, if you're unmerciful, if you withhold love from people, then truth is you absolutely, your heart will condemn you because your heart's saying, you're not in harmony with God. You ain't nothing like God. 
Mm-hmm. You know, why are you calling yourself righteous, you liar? Yeah, or if you cheat <coughs> or you lie or... Yeah. You know, it's interesting um, just, just because... This becomes like a journey where it just gets deeper and deeper all the time, the longer you live in oh, this. Yeah. And um, I hope this is interpreted right, but Bob and I um, like to play Settlers of Catan with our, our married kids, Dan and Janelle. It's something that we do have done a lot this year because of 2020. We just get a lot of time with them, and mm-hmm. we're kind of nerdy about it, and we've gotten all the expansions, and it's just a nerdy thing that we do with them. Okay, it's super yeah. fun. Now, it's interesting... There's if a seven is rolled on the dice and you have more than seven cards, you have to give up half of them, and it's a big bummer. Okay, mm-hmm. and so there have been years where every once in a while I think, you know what, no one knows how many cards are in my hand, I'm not gonna do this. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I came to the just my development of peace. I know it sounds like the littlest thing, but I spoke my heart. I want to have a relationship in harmony with my heart where it's like, I never, I am a lover of truth. I am full of righteousness. I never want to participate in with lying or cheating. And so the other night I thought I had seven, eight, uh, seven cards, but I found an extra one. I went, oh, I had eight cards. I have to give half up. And my daughter said to me, wow, you're being super honest. I said, yeah, I made a decision. I am not going to cheat or lie no. ever. Now, someone says that is so irrelevant. I'll tell you something. It is completely relevant because those small choices either way are speaking to your heart of who you are. Oh yeah. This is me. I do not lie or cheat. A couple years ago, I could lie or cheat. Guess what? Yeah. Today I don't. Does it is it a big sin is it going to keep you from heaven? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is this is a developing that happens. That this is nothing to do with the game or well, winning or cheating. It has to do with me. It's who it's I am. A sin, it's a sense of self that yes. you want to preserve because yes. when you lie or cheat, it causes you to feel it causes you to feel disruption. Yes, incoherence on the yes. inside. You don't feel that. If you don't feel like you are who who, who you really are, I know. You listen, listen in real life. I, I'm going to tell you. Now y'all know this. I, t- you know, now every now and then I'll slip up and trust the wrong person. It don't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know what? The way I figure out who's honest, who's not, the, are these little things. I, I play, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Yeah. If I play cards or somebody that cheats, I ain't never going to do business with them. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. If uh, you know, if if if, uh, if I if I have a person that's kind of a friend and. And they always have to tell the story in a way that puts the other person down or something. I ain't never going to trust that person anything about my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's the little thing. Like, yeah, that little gossip or slander. Like, just yep. if you're with people that just easily slander others, you yep. know that you're the next one they're going to slander. Oh, yeah. You know, just those those things. Yep. But I, I'm not talking about, I hope, you know, it's so interesting. We get so sensitized <coughs> that we're being legalistic, but we're not. This no. is relationship with our heart. Well, it's a hyper-realization of your personal identity. Okay, that is, and I'm going to write that down, a hyper-realization. <coughs> yeah. You know, uh, so. And I won't harm- come against that. So righteousness, I mean, righteousness is one of those logos words that honestly, it is so inclusive that you, you can't have a single one-dimensional definition of righteousness. 
You know, righteousness right. gets it uh, gets into it gets into a gift that was given to you. It gets into a way that you believe. It gets into the choices that you make. It gets into the power that works in in your life. If, you know, grace works in you because of righteousness. Because you you are righteous by faith, and because you're righteous by faith, then then grace works. That, I mean, that's what Romans five one and two is all about. Uh, you know, the fake grace movement just leaves righteousness out of the picture. Righteousness has right. nothing to do with grace and all right. that kind of stuff. But anyhow, so, <clears throat> but, you know, one of the things, one of the concepts of righteousness, so the most basic literal translation is as it should be. Mm-hmm. So if I am in Jesus, then as it should be is, mm, I, I never saw Jesus lie, so really I shouldn't be comfortable lying. Right. Never saw Jesus cheat. So if I'm as I should be and I'm in him. Yeah, really I, this I should can, never be comfortable yeah. for me. So, so you know, you, you got all these people, so I, but we're in grace. So it don't really matter what we do. And I was I'm like, well, did you ever see Jesus do that? Well, no, then maybe you better leave it alone. Maybe you need to rethink that. Yeah, or being cruel so, or mean. I, are you, if you're, you should never be comfortable no. being mean to somebody. So, so this, this brings us into these um, multidimensional states of reality. Mm-hmm. Because if righteousness is harmonizing, then you start realizing then communion is one of the processes whereby we harmonize. And it is going to be this harmonizing, this communion with Jesus, it's going to be this that's really going to make us naturally walk through this these decision-making processes without ever getting over to where we're just depending on our willpower, our strength, the force of character, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the word, you know, the, the definition of communion or fellowship in the scripture is where two people share together equally in something that only one of the people own, legally owns. Hmm. So Jesus... Interesting legally owns uh, the gift of righteousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus legally owns the inheritance. Yes, the, yes, uh, yes, Jesus legally owns yes. all the promises of God. Yeah. And when you look at the scripture, participating in all of those things is based on your faith about being in him or abiding in him, mm-hmm. an awareness of ah, I am in there's him. There's a direct correlation. My faith oh, yeah. is, I, I get it, yeah. So if I'm in him, you listen, now I tell you I, a scripture, I, I, for years I just, this is one of these scriptures that just, you know what I mean, just consume my brain. In him we live and move and have mm. our being. That scripture for years mm. just consumed mm. my, my thinking about everything. So you realize then that, so if I'm communing with Jesus, then I am in him realize, and I'm harmonizing my sense of identity. Mm-hmm. I'm harmonizing my sense of who I am in relationship with God. I'm harmonizing what resources that are available to me. And so the way you, know, the way you really do that is when you look at, what he accomplished through his death. And you start, you harmonize the sense of, I died to sin. You know, when Jesus died and took my sin, I died to sin. When Jesus, when Jesus went into the, into Hades, 
I went into Hades because I was bound in my sin. When Jesus broke the, the power of death and sin and came up out of there, I came up with him. So I broke the power of death and sin. When Jesus came up out of the grave and sat down at the right hand of God, I came up out of the grave. I said, in, other words, in other words, you're harmonizing every single aspect of who you are, what you have, and what you can do with who he is, what he has, what he can do. Hmm. So that, and that's where the exchange takes place. This, this is where it gets in this multi-dimensional concept of grace, of communion, yes. of exchange. You know, all of the all of, of experiencing the dunamis. All of these, all of these things come together in our becoming one with him. And by the way, that's the way Jesus walked in power because remember, he emptied himself. Mm -hmm. He never did a miracle by his own power. And that's why he would say, you know, me and the Father are one. I'm just, you know what? I'm just, I'm just sharing in the power of God. I'm sharing in the power of the Father. I'm in harmony with him. I'm just doing what he does. So. So. Let's see here. I'm trying, I'm trying to say how far along we are in this. Okay, we're at 58 minutes, so I need. Yeah. I want to wrap up wrap a few up. points. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> I love going back to the Hebrew alphabet mm -hmm. because the Hebrew alphabet takes us through the journey of how we arrive at truth, not informational truth, but experiential truth, mm -hmm. truth that actually transformed us. Now, I'm not going to go through all of the letters, but it, remember... In the Hebrew alphabet, everything has to start from the intention of harmonizing what has been declared illegal in heaven with what I am going to allow in my life on earth. That's what the Aleph is. It's, it's, it's the harmonizing of heaven and earth. And we know that through the bet, which is the next letter, that has to happen in my heart. In other words, it's got to happen in a way that alters my sense of identity, my sense of, of who I am. And then the gimel, which is the, the desire and the passion to go serve, that's going to be the fruit. If I'm really, if I'm harmonizing with God and, and the finished work of Jesus, the, the desire to be a blessing and to serve is always going to come forth. And if I'm doing this from my heart as a work of faith, then I pass through the dalit, which is the door that takes me into a whole new portal. Now, I'm not going to keep going into the individual letters, but I'm just going to go into a few of them and kind of show you what happens when you're harmonizing with God from your heart with the intention of having heaven on earth based on the finished work of Jesus. Number one, the, the next letter after, after the dollar is the hay. So, you know, the hay is where I say, I'm going to enter in through the narrow way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm going to allow the breath of God to come into whatever this, this situation is that I'm facing. Now, the breath of God not only represents the power of God, but this also represents new beginnings. The opportunity to to actually start all, all over again. Now the Zayan, which comes after the after the Vav, the Vav represents man. The Zayan is a picture of a sword, and it actually represents the uh, uh, the the provision of God. Hmm. And then you get all the way. Then you get down here to, and I'm just jumping through these kind of randomly. Yeah. And then you get down here to the to the tent, and the tent is like a basket where all of these resources fall into this basket, and you get a you, you get a truly 
new beginning. And then, then the next letter is the Yud, and the Yud represents a message from heaven where now, because you're intimately involved with God and harmonizing with God, man, he is speaking to you about, you know, about how to make this journey, about the decisions you need to make. He's leading you intimately. And then you get over to the Lamed. I'm just jumping through these real quick. And the Lamed is that picture of the fact that you're still staying prayerful. You're still reaching out to God. You're still you know, surrendered to God. And so, and so uh, also, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out which, which one's to leave out, which one's to not leave out. You know, you get down to the A and it's like, now you've got a new perception on this. Now you're seeing this with a new set of eyes that understands everything uh, differently. And then you get to the Zaid and the Zaid is, is where you are, you know, you are fully committed to walking in righteousness, maintaining this harmony this harmony with God. And then you get over to the, to the quaff and that's, that, that gets into the whole holiness thing about harmonizing with God, not being like the world, being like God. And I love this next one. And that's, and it's the rest. See, when I'm making decisions, if I'm just going to make a better decision, then really nothing about me is going to change. I'm just going to make a better decision and I'm going to try harder to do good at that decision. But see, Resh, that's the repentance. And repentance, is, it, repentance isn't so much about just saying, oh, I'm bad, I'm going to do some good. It's, no, it's about saying, I am turning toward God. I'm leaning in toward God so that the decisions that I make, they are going to be totally based on uh, what, you know, what God is saying. And the shin, and there's a lot of things about the shin, but you know, the shin is a fire that consumes you. And when you're making these decisions, staying in harmony with God, so just by you, see when you're doing this by willpower, it's all about you, right? All, right. And so you, see, that's the you, you either get worn out and quit, or you get self righteous yeah. and puffed up. You know, the shin represents a fire. So you're talking about getting consumed now. Mm -hmm. You are at, all that you are is consumed because you have repented. You have said, no, I'm, you know, I, I'm not just getting new information here. I am being the person that can live this life. And of course, the last letter is the Tav, which represents coming into the, to the experiential truth by going through this whole process. See, this is more than just saying, I'm going to set better goals. Yes. This is more than yes. just saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to make good decisions and try harder. This is about being the person harmonizing yourself with God so that it's not just the fact that you made better decisions, but that you are the person who makes better decisions. Yes. You are the person who lives yes. better decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's all about being one with God, just yeah. like Jesus was. Yeah. Oh, that was such a great conclusion. Just going through those Hebrew letters and saying, I'm that person, no matter where you put me, I'm established in my identity with him and my self-image and my value and all that. So you put me anywhere and, and I will make those decisions mm -hmm. naturally yep. because it's who I am. Yep. Very helpful, very rich in understanding. Mm. And um, this is incredible. Yeah, what, what an invitation. Yeah. You know, just see it that way, you know, yep. of abiding. I'm, I'm going to abide in him and he abides in me. And I, I just, I'm just seeing this and I, I believe that you, are as well you know as as today we've just listened jim thank you so much mm -hmm. but again we can lead you to the door but yep. you're you're going to make this journey yourself yep. this is yep. this is 
you know, probably one of the big ones, you know, where when we turn this off, it's like, what am I going to do with this? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to just, you know, click on my intellectual and say, okay, that was nice, but I'm going to make this journey. Lord, I actually, I do want to walk with you. And, uh, you know, a good thing to do might be go back now and listen to this again. And every time you come to something where you, you know, just do it prayerfully. Just God, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm looking for you to speak to me. Yes. Yeah. And every time you come to something that you feel like it is God. There's an inspiration. Impressing right. upon your yes. heart. Inspiring. Yes. Right. Stop. You know, then, then hit pause. Yeah. And go back and write out, what is God inspiring me to? Right? And go through this whole thing. And then commune with him about it. And then yeah. just actually take the time yeah. and commune to him and say, Jesus, this yeah. is me now. This is my life. Yeah. How does yep. this look in my situation, in my belief system? Right. Because there's going to be something very personal. What a great idea, Jim. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's great. Be- because I want this to be yours. Mm-hmm. In you, I live. Mm-hmm. In you, I move. In you, I have my being. Isn't that great? What's that look like for you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Yep. All right. Wonderful. Wow. Thanks what for joining us. What a big day. Big, big day, good, everyone. Good day. All right. Anything else, my love? Nope, that's it. We'll see you next time for episode 202 because we will be back. (laughs) Absolutely. Jim, we love you with all our hearts. And on behalf of everyone listening, thank you so much for giving of this time. That keeps you bonded to our listeners because we're giving to you guys. And that bonds us to you because Mm -hmm. you're worth our investment for you guys Mm -hmm. to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And you're giving to us by giving us your time and your attention and by... And even, you know, also by donating to our, our um, Impact Ministries and Bob and Audrey, we both all have foundations here. Yep. And we are so grateful for that. But giving, it's not financial, but always, but it's everything. It's all inclusive of how we give to each yep. other. Yeah. And I hope that you feel that love from us Good. because we're giving yep. it to you. Okay. Thank and we're you. feeling it back. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Have a wonderful week. And I look forward uh, to the next time that we're together. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.